obsessed with illusions. We are continuing our pride coverage. We're having our fourth director of the month, which I'm personally excited about as a film critic and a film aficionado. It's been fun to talk with so many filmmakers, but also uh, the, the, the subject of today's episode, the short film wonder is one that I'm really excited to talk about because it, it approaches gender and family relations in such a unique and interesting way that, uh, I think it really accomplishes what I hope, I guess, is the uh, primary objective of starting a conversation. I don't want to speak for the uh, filmmakers, but I will address. We have the writer and the director. We have Gabriel Furman and Javier Molina on with us. Uh, Gabriel's also one of the stars of the film, but do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah. Hey, first of all, th- uh, thank you so much, Ian, for having us on. Um, my name is Gabriel Furman. I am the writer, uh, one of the producers, and I play the father in Wonder. And um, uh, Wonder, in case you don't know, is about uh, an 11-year-old biracial kid growing up in the hood of New York City who secretly dreams of trick-or-treating as Wonder Woman for Halloween. And uh, the genesis of it started when I was on vacation in Ireland with uh, my, my girlfriend, and we saw a man walk out of a gas station holding the hand what would look like his son, and, and the son was wearing a full Wonder Woman costume. And um, I just started crying. And my girlfriend said, what's wrong? And I turned and I said, look, that's, that's what a real father looks like. My, I, I grew up without a father. I grew up in the hood. And um, uh, Javier, who's my creative partner, came back with the story. We both have similar upbringings. And I said, we need to tell the story. Right. Um, yeah, Ian, thank you, man. Thank you for having us. I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm Javier Molina, and I'm the director of Wonder, and, and you hit it right on the nose. Wonder is about starting a conversation. It's, it's about like shedding light on, very in, on a very important topic and um, just speaking about what it takes to like genuinely love your child and, and to accept them for who they are without forcing them to live into an image that you've been taught. You know? uh, so I'm, I'm honored to be here because I, I think that right now with everything that's going on in, uh, in the world, we're starting to see that um, no one wants to be put in a box. Everyone wants the right to live genuinely, authentically, beautifully as themselves the way they see it with, without your imposed regulations or rules or telling me what it is to be a man and everything else that they domesticate us with. So a lot of the sort of national or even global, I'm glad you, you know, you bring in uh, Ireland, uh, a lot of different countries, especially we, we talk a lot about how the state of transgender rights in the UK is, is such a complex firestorm each and every day is a scandal and the media is focusing on it so much. But a lot of the sort of global conversation focuses on, on how hard it is to be you know, gay or to be trans. And I, th- I think that's important. But at the same time, uh, what's also important, especially when you're dealing with LGBTQ youth, is the nuances and the complexities and the importance of allyship. And what I like about the character of Frank that you play, Gabriel, is he, he's, he, he's a very complex character that you can't, you, you can't really describe him in, in a sentence or two. And I, I think a lot of that reflects his upbringing, but, but it, it goes to show, I've, I've met a lot of people that kind of, that, that, that feel a lot like Frank. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I you know, I, th- I think that there's, there's sort of, there's, there's stereotypes that that people in Frank's position would, would, would bring to that. But I think that's also sort of reflective of the idea that um, people like Frank are, are not necessarily confronted with these issues, and they, they sort of rightfully so don't necessarily know how to, how to react. Well, yeah, there's something important that that you just said. You know, is. Um Frank, Frank is an, an extre- I'd say, uh, for lack of a better word, an extreme version of myself and Javier and the way we were raised. Um, and where, when, when, we, when we, we created this film, you know, the Gender and Family Projects were terrific allies and, and, and consultants on it. And uh, Puya Moseni, who is a trans activist, uh, an actor in her own right, she was our advising consultant. And what well, we realized, people that, that, that grow up with the way we grew up, you know, 
it's it's lack of misinformation and it's okay to stay it's okay to be ignorant but it's not okay to stay ignorant and what we're trying to do is we're trying to bridge a gap between the queer and the non-queer community that gives people a safe space to say i don't have information on this can i ask you a question and i I think if if we start a conversation there that it might it, it might make a better a little bit of a safer and better world for, for, for the kids coming into it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think part of the part of the problem that we face in this uh, urban environment is uh, the way we're raised. You know, we're told like men don't cry. You if you if you have emotions, you're considered to be weak. You know what I mean? Um, we handle things with aggression and fighting. You know, and and those are the things that ultimately end up, we end up needing therapy. You know? So we can't have real conversations because we haven't, we've been told that we can't express what we feel. And so then when you're confronted with something that goes against that, most of the time you attack it because you don't understand it or you don't have the information, the proper information to deal with it in a, a intelligent or productive manner. So, but what we found is that when that information is presented in, in, an, uh, in an understandable way and you have these conversations, a lot of times, more often than not, they end up being allies. There's this misconception that we only um, that we, we live and die with the belief system that we've been given. But I know plenty of men from the streets who have seen wonder and have walked away crying, one for having a new understanding or perspective on, on what it is to love your child that way. And two, because they, they understand, they're like, you're right. At the end of the day, I love my child more than any of the beliefs I've been, uh, I've been brought up with, you know? And so we wanted to show that, that complexity of someone who thinks one way, but when confronted, their heart ultimately may ultimately makes the right choice. And I think it's also an important story to tell. Not, I mean, uh, not 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 to give away the ending. Obviously, there's a lot of the the. In fact, even even the sort of overwhelming majority of LGBTQ narratives from ten years ago or fifteen years ago, the the new Netflix documentary Disclosure, which just just came out, kind of talks a lot about these 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 tropes of. How, how often they focus on 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 the suffering mm-hmm. or or the tragedy or uh, gay kids are kicked out they're disowned um, a lot of times well I don't want to get too ahead of myself because uh, <laughs> I, I I don't want to throw my follow up in um, but it's it's in in those kind of narratives are also they're just like in a lot of ways they're accurate portrayals of reality i mean i you know there's still plenty of people who are being who are thrown out for for being gay and there's plenty of parts of the world where you still can't but those are not really all that productive narratives in terms of of doing what you guys are are describing of 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 showing a, a film like yours to your your community that, that of people who uh maybe went in with some preconceptions and then ha- had a change of heart and i mean in some ways Tragic narratives can kind of achieve that, but if you're going for something that's far more constructive and whatnot, I think that's that's really the more powerful approach to take. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, not everybody's uh, version of that is valid, and I think they speak to different points, but we wanted to, like, like tread that line. You know, we let you know that this kid, Sammy, is going to have an ally. His father's going to do everything to support him even though he doesn't understand but the rest of the world is not as forgiving you know and 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 that's the importance of having that ally you know when we first started doing this and we were talking to uh puya she gave us some stats that were staggering like you know 50 percent of of transgender and non-binary kids that don't have family support attempt attempt suicide like that's insane to me you know, so we wanted we wanted to touch on that. Like, it's important to have that family support while also maintaining the truth about like that's one step in in a huge journey that they're about to embark on, where they're both gonna like have to learn and they're gonna have to question their belief systems and really, really do some self evaluation in order to find out who they truly are. 
Yeah, I I, I agree completely. And uh, I I think also a lot of these narratives tend to, uh, uh, generally speaking, LGBTQ uh, youth, the ones that you describe who don't have family support, they find uh, more community in in urban settings like New York, L.A., San Francisco, uh, more so than like, say, a a rural situation where you're dealing with uh, Trump supporters or or, or that like, or, or the evangelical community, which tend to be more concentrated in... Uh, rural settings and yet at the same time i mean there's there's plenty of urban communities that 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 have prejudices and people who have their own prejudice and stuff and i i think it's it's a good uh wake-up call because you know we need we need to foster sort of sort of more 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 safe communities for lgbtq people to to thrive in, in an environment where uh somebody like sammy can uh express their themselves and their gender in a way that doesn't, you know, uh, result in ridicule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tragic that we have to have that conversation, you know, that we have to like create safe zones. It's like, man, could you imagine where we would be as a civilization if everyone had the safety to be themselves the way they see it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we, we would probably be, we'd be a much more advanced civilization, you know? And, and the thing is that sometimes it's, it's not coming from a bad place. You know, sometimes it's not even malicious. Like some of the things I was, I was taught growing up was because they thought they were, they were, they were giving me the tools necessary to, to survive my environment, you know? But, um, well, yeah, I mean, we're not too far removed from from gay being uh, essentially accept, acceptably used in, in a social setting as a synonym for stupid, like ah, that's gay. Or mm-hmm. I even I was I, I saw that online the like a uh, a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, what are we? What's this? Two thousand five? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Gabriel. No, no. What I was gonna say is 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 you're absolutely right. You know, there's it, it's. As far as we think we've come in a society, we are so archaic. And the, the pro- I think part of the problem is, is, is that there's a lack of awareness and admission. And not – I think the step is to admit it and, and not judge your judgment first so you can let go of the judgment. Like the fact, the fact that, that we have to have a movement like Black Lives Matter for most people to realize that there has been systematic racism for the past 400 years – and not even a hundred years ago, people were still not able to walk in a certain area because of the color of their skin. And that translates to gender and to sexual orientation. And, you know, I, I, think, I think like Javier said, we're treading the line. I think, you, I think it's, as artists, it is, it is our duty to put up a mirror to the human condition and, yeah, and, and, and to show, show that which we are afraid of to ask and to face of ourselves. And that can bring light. Well, that's the thing, right? When, you, when you're confronted with something you don't understand, like a lot of times the, the first impulse is, is to attack it, which is why we were talking about like being able to deliver this information because, you know, as funny as that was, I think when it comes to terms of like education and informing the general public, there are a lot of like areas and demographics that, that um, are still in 2005, in terms of like education and what they understand about where we are as, as a, as a species, as a humanity right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, black lives matter in, in, in context to this, because just, just a few years ago when, when that, that phrase would be uttered, even on a, the, in the 20, uh, the 2016 for the democratic primary debates, they would say, they would ask the question, do black lives matter or do all lives matter? And it was like this weird, bizarre, people would have a knee jerk reaction to hearing the phrase black lives matter as if, as if that, that the truth of that statement meant that, that other lives didn't matter, which is just so baffling that people would take like a defensive posturing around that notion. And yet with a lot of people who are, who are confronted with homophobia, they'll say like, Oh, I'm not homophobic. I just have traditional values or I'm not homophobic. <laughs> I have I have a gay friend and yeah. they get really they get defensive about it. And I think that defensiveness creates kind of a cloud 
that 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 gives you a pass to really sort of critically think about the the beliefs that you hold. Well, it's it, it, you just you just hit it on the nose. It, it, what are the beliefs that we hold? Like why why do people react? You know, if if we take a step back and, and ask ourselves why why do people why is the knee jerk reaction intolerance? And you know, like Javi was talking about therapy before therapy saved my life, and th- we basically have a lot of hurt kids walking around in adult bodies. That's unfortunately 98%, if not 99.9% of, of the human race is you spend within the first five years of your life drilled with so much misinformation by people that don't mean to do bad things, but have not had the information to, to do that themselves. And, and, and then you have to break it. So there's somebody that, that put something up that I read that really helped me speak to people who have those kind of beliefs like you're saying like the trump supporters and stuff and they said and and what the saying was was do you love animals and somebody and the person goes of course and they go so if somebody wants to save the whales does that mean that they don't love all other animals no it's just that they need to save the whales right then and there because they are the most in danger and black lives matter and trans lives matter does not mean that all lives don't matter but unless black lives matter and trans lives matter, how can we have all lives matter? They're, they're not two different things. They, one needs to happen in order for all lives to matter. And, and, I, and I'm hoping that, that we're getting to a place where people are understanding that. Yeah, I also think that when you say something like that, like um, someone says, oh, I'm not homophobic. I have a gay friend. Or oh, I'm, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Uh, I, the guy from downstairs for me is Puerto Rican, and, and and we say hello all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's a there's a thing about um, sometimes I feel people are afraid to acknowledge a problem because they can't distinguish the the difference between acknowledging it and being it. You know, so they're like yeah. they're afraid that if they acknowledge it's a problem, then that means they're the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those can be two different things. You can acknowledge there's a problem without being part of the problem. But if you're going to be part of the solution, then you almost have to you have to acknowledge that it exists. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I also, so I like I, I really liked the way that that Frank as a character was was crafted because he's he's vulnerable. Um, he he's a single father essentially. Sam Sammy's mother appears uh, briefly at the beginning. That's that's her at the the uh, one of the beginning scenes, right? No, that that's actually that's that's not. Uh, but it's it's a little device that we, we Sammy's mother in the in the film is dead. You see a little altar for her. Okay, so he gives he gives money to somebody, but as his aunt. That's his aunt, right? Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, no that's, okay. that's great. Yeah. So, but but I mean, so so he's he he's from a position too of this. This is a guy who's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and I I, I imagine. I mean, this is sometimes if I'm if I'm speaking in, in, in a red state uh, for something more pop culture related, nothing to do with. LGBTQ issues, you think a lot about, or, or people come up to you and they say, like, I didn't think about trans rights. I've never met a trans person, and they're not really, they're not really confronted with that stuff. But you, you position. I mean, Frank, Frank is a, all things considered, he's a pretty decent father. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And part of his thing is is kind of like what one of his fears is like, what's going to happen to my son when he leaves these doors. You know, be like like in certain areas, you, like I said again, people attack what they don't know. You know, and like for instance, some of the language in the in the film when they first see the drag queen, it's because like we've had those experiences where you know kids can be cruel or adults can be cruel, and when they don't understand something, they they attack it. You know, and um, and so the the thing is that it's like all right, Sammy now is safe at home but what happens when he leaves his doors what happens when he goes outside and has to face like all these um i guess i'll use the word bigots or ignorant people who uh who only believe things can be one way yeah and I, 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 yeah frank does hold a couple pretty pro- pretty yeah he has oh, a pretty, yeah. couple pretty progressive <laughs> values too i mean he says he thinks he thinks at one point that sammy uh well, Sammy. So Sammy has a a, a stash of uh, female clothes, which 
every closeted transgender person I know, myself included, has uh, definitely has had one of those at their point in life. So I thought you guys nailed that right on the head there. That's I actually I gotta say I don't think I I, I see a lot of these movies. I'm not sure. I, I, there's not. I can't think of one off the top of my head that. That really depicted that, so I was I was very impressed to see that in the film. Thank you. But um, as it relates to um, Frank, Frank sees Sammy uh, assumes that. I mean, it's a pretty safe assumption that his child's masturbating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says like you know, not not some like conservative prude. You know, God's watching you. You can't do that kind of stuff. But but more on the practical sense of. Uh, the economics of my situation, I cannot afford a child, which most people would assume. I mean, that's a pretty uh, fair sort of middle ground. I think that's also kind of promoting safe sex at the same time kind of subtly because, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, abstinence is not an actual solution. But then also when it comes to when, when Sammy is asking about uh, the, the drag queen that you uh, mentioned earlier, um, Frank does acknowledge that, 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 People are born that way, even if some of the the language is a bit more colorful. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the that's. It's, I'm glad that you picked up on all that because that is that's the line we're trying to tote. You know, we're, we're trying. It's it's not. It's it's misinformation with with the tools that you and the belief systems that you are raised with. You know, where we grew up, there's a very um, it's very specific, and and we wanted to Frank almost. Every time he says or does something that is beautiful as far as a father in a progressive way trying to raise their child, it, it, something really dumb comes out right after that that reveals how um, almost Neanderthalish mm-hmm. his belief mm-hmm. systems are. And, and that's the way of the world. You know, not everything is black and white. Mm-hmm. And those are the things he's going to have to question moving forward. You know what I mean? Like Frank... Frank is going to have a, a, a huge transition. Yeah. A, there's going to be a lot of learning and self-evaluation that happens with him because of those archaic beliefs that were given to him by someone else, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, to, it's important that we sort of to b- borrow a, a line from uh, uh, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. You got to break. You got to break the break the wheel, break the chains at some point. I, I think a lot about how um, it was a couple of months ago. Uh, Dwayne Wade went on the the basketball player went on Ellen DeGeneres to talk mm-hmm. about his his transgender daughter. Mm-hmm. And I watched the interview a couple times, but there was this one line in the interview that that really stuck with me because he just kind of says it so nondescriptly. I don't think anybody would else would really pick up on on the the significance of it, but he he just says that that he and his wife are are proud allies of the LGBTQ community and it, it's it's to think uh to 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 think about to to go back to 2005 or 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 that kind of era to think about a major, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of the 21st century, just, just saying something like that in such a way that, you know, there wasn't anything to it. It was, it was simple. It was obvious. And there was just so much power in, in that statement. I kept, I, I showed it to my parents who, who are proud allies. My grandfather's a proud ally. Um, and I, I was just like, you know, this, this is, this is, this is the fruits of all of the activism is, is that it's second nature to people. Yeah. That's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, there's still yeah. a long way to go, but you you know, um, sometimes you you have to have a moment of light to understand that what you're doing is actually working. You, you know, it there's what do you say the fruits, the, the fruit, the fruits of the labor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you have that moment where you're right, you go down to 2005, and and especially like in in sports. People are afraid to speak about gender. It's almost like, oh, you, can, you know, you can't be in the locker room if if you're uh, gay or something like that. Like that's that kind of ridiculousness. There, we're shining a light on it, and more people are speaking in in a positive and uh, loving way. That you know, I'm I'm one of those pessimists. I I think that we're in a paradigm shift, and I think that we're about to like enter this new age of humanity, this golden era where everyone will have the right to be genuinely, authentically, beautifully them the way they see it. 
you know, and I might be maybe dreaming a little bit, but at least that that's that's my belief. And so when I see someone like Dwayne Wade make that statement, I um I become more hopeful and optimistic about our future or our, our humanity. Yeah, and I, I think there's some parallels between uh, your your film and um, one of, one of the best shows ever made on on HBO is is The Wire, which had uh, a its most badass character, uh, President Barack Obama's favorite character on the show. A lot of people's favorite character on the show was a man named Omar Little, who was very effeminate. He was an openly gay man. And he was he was terrorizing and he was badass and he had most of the show's really great quotes and mm-hmm. um, he he wore his sexuality he'd go out with his shotgun in a, a turquoise bathrobe and <laughs> yep. Yep. that's literally my favorite character <laughs> me too me too and I, yeah. I, I I'm very um uh, I'm very grateful that 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 we are even compared to that to a show like The Wire, which was part of our, um, I think that's what we wanted, you know, that, that feel. Well, yeah, we, we, facing okay. this, we, we definitely, when we were creating this, one of the main things that Gabriel kept saying was like, we have to, we, we have to include the effects of the streets and, and how living in this low income environment amplifies that decision and, and can, um, it becomes a major obstacle when, when choosing to be who you are, you know, cause this is like, at least in my em- environment, it's very survival of the fittest, you know, and you, and you got to like fit in. And if you stand out all, more often than not, you become a target. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, I wanted to ask kind of a, a, a broader question about the, the crafting of the film. And one, th- one thing I like about short films is, I mean, the whole sort of sort of misconception that some people can have about, about feature length, uh, even if you're dealing with something, one of my all-time favorites is the, the nine-hour Russian war and peace, and even in nine hours they couldn't capture the whole book. But uh, fil- film... Film shows us these brief snippets, whether it's a short film or a feature, they show these brief snippets of people's lives. And what I liked about Wonder was that it was very laser focused on this this idea of 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 Sammy's what Sammy wanted to be for Halloween. And obviously that carries great impacts for his, his life moving forward, but you're 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 you really you you you're able to in in, in that time really thoroughly explore that idea from every angle. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yes. It's, uh, you know, short films are beginning, middle and end. You don't, you don't have the luxury to, 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 to pad it. You really have to get laser focused. And, um, I think the story was, um, it, it was pounding on my heart and I know it was pounding on Javier's heart and, uh, we knew what needed to be done and and without fluff and um the characters really really drove home what was at stake what needed to change and and how they were going to get it it's also a very it's a, it's a credit to Gabe as a writer you know um I've worked with a lot of writers who just get very married to what they're creating and it's hard for them to take notes or or, or to be objective you know what I mean but when when I'm working with Gabe Gabe can take any note as long as it it resonates from the heart and it and it feels true to him. He's not afraid to cut or lose stuff. You know what I mean? He's always looking to be challenged, and um and I think that's what makes him such a great writer that he's always looking for the truth and and um and for the heart of the piece. So it was actually very even though we had like a hundred rewrites, it, <laughs> it was um it was a really, really great process full of a lot of love and listening with the intent to understand. So between, between the two of you, there's really three separate perspectives on, on Frank, especially as a character. There's, um, you know, the writing of Frank, the directing of Frank, but also the playing of Frank. Did you, did you find at times that you were uh, trying to, trying to, uh, look out for him as a character or sort of protect him within the confines of the narrative. He, he's, he's very, he comes across very sympathetic. Thank you. Um, um, mm, I don't think I was trying to protect Frank. You know, I, every time I write something that I'm acting in, 
I really find it important to take the writer hat off, you know, and that's a testament to Javier's directing. He, he knows, he knows my instrument as an actor. And, and once we're on set, you gotta, you gotta, I think in any art, you have to let go of your preconceived notions and what you think the results have to be and how something is, has to be said. And you just gotta be really clear on what you want. And all I wanted to do was take care of my son and understand. And, um, that, that guided, that, that's, heart, that's Frank's center. Let me be the father that I never had. And yeah. um, surprises come with that. And when, when, you, when you have a, a great partnership with a director like Hav, you know, stuff, you, have, you leave room for surprises to happen. Yeah. And so, so it changes a lot. Like you can write it. And if you, if you read Wonder on the page, it's probably going to look a lot different than what you see um, on the screen. And that's because, you know, when you when you get the right artist to grab a part, they bring it to life in, in, in such a more complex and dynamic way, you know. And so when, when we got when we finally got into shooting, you know, Gabe brought so much, so much, so much of like the vulnerability and the understanding and the love that Frank has as a father is more coming off of Gabe's behavior. You know, it, it, it's the behavior, it's the battling, it's the jabbing, it's the biting of the foot. You know what I mean? It's all those tender moments that you don't really write on the page. You know, the artist brings another level to that. And that's because that, that lives inside them. You know what I mean? And when they, when, when Gabe melded together with Frank, it was just beautiful to watch, you know? My job was just to, like, ask him questions that would ignite another fire within him. But, you know, there's, there's some, um, there's that element of the artist really bringing their soul into it that you can't always put on the page, you know? It's, it's challenging. So the, the subject of... of uh, I, uh, the subject of transgender children is 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 really one of the most hotly hotly contested and sort of emotionally charged uh, aspects of LGBTQ equality. And I, I hesitated for a second because Sammy is not portrayed as, as trans. I think it would be most accurate to say that Sam is gender nonconforming, which I mean, at that age is is extremely healthy. It's it's important. We we don't we don't obviously see what happens to Sammy. 10 years from, from, from then, but, but in, in terms of exploring one's gender and all that, I, I, I think you, you handled it, uh, in an extremely healthy and positive manner more so than, I mean, I, I've seen other films where, uh, that handle people essentially kind of the same age that were, uh, quite frankly, disasters. But, um, can you talk a little bit about the challenges of, of, of exploring such a, uh, emotionally charged issue for just so many people it must have been quite a challenge um well the first thing we well, before we started and before we spoke to, to to when we first spoke to Puya, our consultant in the gender and family project was we didn't want any not even one millisecond of this film to come across as exploiting the hot topic of being transgender i feel like there's enough people out there um who want to make a buck or, or want to exploit something because they think it'll just be a really cool thing. And, and that is the farthest from who we are. I mean, we're, we're human beings first and, and some people could do that and, and good for them, but I, I, I can't live with myself by exploiting something. It has to be real and it has to be true. And with that, we took on a journey, you know, we're two cisgendered straight guys so we didn't want to try to tell a transgender story or a non-gender con or a gender non-conforming story without without asking the questions that we didn't know. So we really wanted to bring the truth of that and and, and make it really simple because you're absolutely right. Sammy said there there are children that are born and 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 they know and we wanted to ask every aspect and every question whether you know the just the fact that we learned that gender has nothing to do with sexuality. And there's a whole spectrum. And to give this kid, Sammy, the permission to, number one, face something that has been inside him and give him the opportunity to let that even the door open is number one. And number two, not put him into any single box and let him, her, or they 
just explore wanting to be Wonder Woman for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it's a slice of life. You know, we're sharing one moment in this kid's life, but it was it was essential to have Puya and um. You know, I, I take my hat off to Puya. She was very patient with us, and she was so loving. She opened up her all of her knowledge, her house, everything and anything without judging us, you know, and not trying to, like, make us feel bad because we didn't know. She she took full advantage of the teachable moments and created, helped us become two very powerful allies. You know, we're, we're very passionate about this, and um, part of that is because, like, Man, Puya took her time with us, man, and, and and she was so delicate and understanding and loving towards us that that allowed the movie, that allowed Wonder to reach its fullest potential. You know, we always felt welcomed and safe, you know, and you need a safe environment both ways. Because sometimes when you don't know a question, it's almost scary to ask because you can be ridiculed or you can be attacked. Yeah, I in in my own activism, I have a sort of saying that I I try to remind other people that's uh, you know it's it's simple. It's don't don't shoot the friendlies. You know, if you've got somebody who who's there to ask you honest questions and is not, I mean, there, there's there's broader ones. Like if you're on the street and somebody's asking you whether you have a dick and you're a trans woman, that's uh, yeah, that's not just, that's, yeah, that's just dumb. But there, I mean, there's yeah. There within that is is a sort of self self uh, introspection and all of that. But I I I, I want, definitely want to applaud you both for taking that effort as somebody who I mean the trans community trans community in, in filmmaking is is not a big world. You hear a lot of stories. You hear a lot of quite frankly horror stories. And you know you've what you've described is really the the gold standard of of how to approach this topic because i mean you you gabriel as as you said sort of towards the beginning you you got the idea from this from seeing it and that's you're you know you're telling a story from from really your own life's perspective of this this moment that affected you mm-hmm. and it's 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 important to then you know understand that um one thing that we as a society are really grappling with now is the way in which transgender people or gender non-conforming people have been negatively impacted by uh the way that we have been seen uh buffalo bill of silence and lambs comes to mind all of us or or maybe not mrs doubtfire but more so maybe tootsie or Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, and you get practically all of us get get called that one or at one point or another. And um, to take kind of an idea that that, that you had and to want to to want to build on that and do it in in a right way is 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 very important. Thank you, thank you. And I think um, I noticed you had uh, Gabriel. You had um, you have uh, film credits with uh, Melissa Leo, who I adore. Uh, she was in uh, my, one of my all-time favorite shows, Homicide, Life on the Street, mm-hmm. which is actually related to The Wire based on the same book. But uh, it, it made me think about there was an episode of uh, a show, Veronica Mars, that she did where she actually played a transgender woman. And it's 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 very cringy. But if you draw uh, – not, not, not to say that – I mean, she's a great actress, but um, – it's 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 funny to see how even I think that that came out in like 2003 2004. It's funny to see how the uh, shaping and the care that goes into uh, transgender roles has evolved from even just you know I mean I remember things that happened 15 years ago like they were yesterday and yet if you look at societal progress so much has changed. Well, yeah, that's that's the, that's the thing. That's what Javier said, right? Like like the fruits of the labor. I I, yep. I watch I, I was I, my um my partner my girlfriend's favorite show is Friends and we watch we we watch some of the old episodes here and there and we go holy shit that is so freaking like racist or sexist. Like that would never fly right now and rightfully so, you know? So progress is 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 happening and um we we need to embrace that and be responsible as artists with with what we do and the voices we if we have a chance to use our voice you know how do you use it to uplift yeah yeah absolutely one one of the things that's important about the stories that we want to tell is because our kids need to see positive 
powerful, enlightened images of themselves on the screen. You know, I'm tired of seeing like all like Latino or black kids as the villains or the drug dealers always in trouble. Like our kids, they become what they see. They emulate what's what's in front of them. So we need to put these positive images on the screen because there might be a kid in Oklahoma who doesn't have that support. And when and if they see a a transgender woman in power, doing something powerful and and owning their beauty on the screen, then that might give them the permission they need to live into that life fully and completely. Yeah. Was it was it difficult to use? Uh, was it difficult to film with with child actors in this in this setting? Or I mean, I I have dealt with with gender nonconforming kids uh, a little bit and. You know, it, it, it's so surprising about how, like, you know, you, you spend some time with them and you find that they teach you uh, maybe more than you teach them. And uh, with 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 filming with kids, with uh, dealing with such a sensitive subject, did you find that uh, to be challenging? I mean, I, I'll let Javi speak on the directing, but kids, I, I feel like, dude, I don't know what happens to people, but I think once you turn a certain age... I think there's this, uh, there's almost this stereotype of how we think as adults kids are when the truth is kids are so smart and they're mm-hmm. so much more upgraded than most adults nowadays that they do end up teaching you. The, every single kid that was on our set, not only were they smart and not only were they respectful and, and, and just like knew what they were doing, but to them, this isn't this isn't faux pas. You know, maybe it's because they grow up in New York City, but a lot of kids understand this. A lot of kids understand that you're born a certain way, and there's nothing wrong with that. And why are you making such a big deal about it? You know, they're so much more accepting and evolved than us. And they all understood the importance of the conversation. These kids were amazing, and you're right; they were constantly teaching us things. I'm listening to them and I'm like, man, I wish, uh, you know, I wish I had been that smart when I was your age. These kids were were beautiful. And one of the reasons we ended up going with Sammy or Benji as Sammy was uh, Benji connected to the topic. He has two cousins who are transgender. And so he he had a very um, intimate connection to the topic and if you speak to him in person you'll see how emotional and how passionate he gets about this conversation and um we knew right away that that these kids had a um a vulnerability a sense of a a sensitivity and a willingness to to share that that was uh really special and these are some special kids yeah, there was a, a very high degree of authenticity to to Benji's performance and the uh, the way you 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 see the the sort of the the fear and the tremble in his his eyes and his, his the way he was talking as he was asking Frank about you know why why the drag queen was the way that she was and I I, I was I was just incredibly impressed with with the way that was shot and the way that it was acted. Thank you. We really lucked out. Yeah, I mean, it's because I, uh, you know, there's 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 this kind of the trope of of trapped in the wrong body, which thankfully we as a community or society are starting to to move away from, especially, you know, for for somebody who is a binary trans person who goes on hormones and transitions and, uh, you, you know, feels feels like like. The, the the whole process is it, it changes kind of like the way you think certainly the way you feel your emotional matrix all of that but for a gender non-conforming person especially somebody like sammy you know the trapped in the wrong body trope do, does absolutely nothing for them there's there's nothing uh suppose sammy just stays kind of the way that that sammy is and doesn't transition just kind of wants to uh, dress differently or express themselves differently. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and the, the kind of the old dated sort of, uh, medicalization of trans people, a lot of that is very harmful to those members of our community who, who don't want to transition, who just, just want to express themselves. Yeah. And feel comfortable. Right. Uh, right. That reminds me of when you were doing the, um, giving out those costumes. Remember Gabe? 
giving out the the what? The the costumes. You had the the two costumes. No, I don't remember. <laughs> you were giving out like the princess and the superhero. Oh yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, you talking about my 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 um my nephew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were giving out the yeah. costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what, what Javier is talking about is like oh, my girlfriend's sister um has has a three. Oh, he was three at the time. He's gonna be five in January. Uh, I got it was it was a costume, but it was also these toys. One was like a princess house, and one was like a Marvel superhero thing. And I wanted to give them both because why not? You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a toy, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah. just because he plays with a, with, a, with a princess castle doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. He's, he's, he's a child. And even as an adult, who cares? Like, man, as long as we're, we're not hurting anyone, like, why, why not live your life the yeah. way you want to? It doesn't have to mean anything uh, you know it's one of those things when you see a gender reveal and they break the thing and it's pink <laughs> right yeah. and, and then they go out and buy like all these girl clothes and all this uh you know uh stuffed animals and and right now as an adult male i are a cisgender man i love baby pink it's probably my favorite color you know so yeah. it's, it's just weird to me the way we attach things yeah, it's always more, it's more of a reflection of the insecurity and belief system of the parent or adult than it is the the, the child. And you know, with Sammy and exploring, I'm personally fascinated on the gender spectrum with all of this that I'm learning. You know, and and I don't know if you know this, um, Ian, but but we're we're in the midst of creating the TV series now, so all of these questions we get to see and explore, you know, all the different parts of the gender spectrum and letting this child uh, organically explore and find him, her, or their selves. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned the, the gender reveal, uh, those, those parties that they throw with the elaborate. There is few things more satisfying than looking on Twitter and seeing video of a gender reveal gone wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, somebody just gets like stuff just blown in their face or a big balloon blows away. there have been a couple that are just absolutely yeah. hilarious and i mean I, I i think that's an important and healthy uh part of what what also interested me about about the the sort of the iron man wonder woman dynamic that you set up is i'm a transgender person who has loved i i, I love comics my uh I've loved comics my whole life. I still love comics. I'm very involved with with comic book uh, communities, and it's it's been astonishing to see the ways that that industry, which for so long was so mm. male, it was it was catered to men. Mm -hmm. Even though I mean, there's all the comic book readers have been, uh, you know, it, women read comics. That's that's not that's not news to anybody. Yep. And well, Wonder Woman in particular is a character who had a TV show back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're not we're not talking about new stuff here. And yet at the same time, there's there's this sort of this intense hyper genderization of, of clothes and toys, which is uh, not productive, especially if you think about um, even uh, like when my partner and I are buying cosmetics, uh, you know, we consider the pink tax and we sometimes, which is to refer to uh, some cosmetics which are marketed to women are therefore more expensive. Uh, sometimes we just buy the men's stuff because it's cheaper and, and it's it's just sort of the, the stupid things that you laugh at. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because you're you're absolutely right like my whole life even using deodorant as a teenager i remember starting to go and i had to go straight to the men's deodorant section and i hated the way every single man's deodorant smelled and like i remember being like 15 and and, and my mom had secret deodorant and i use secret deodorant till you know now i try to use more natural stuff but that's just what worked for me because I liked the smell. And I thought there was some scientific thing that I had to. I had to use men's deodorant. And then I realized, holy shit, this is bullshit. It's just a smell. It's a deodorant. 
Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I wanted to ask. So this this your film's been out for uh, a while now. It's available on HBO Max, HBO Now. Uh, I think HBO Go closed last week, but it would have been available there. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, about the the festival circuit, the the ways you've you've gone about promoting the film, and and then also kind of the the reception you've you've been getting from it. Uh, there's a lot of questions all packed into one. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, so we um, we kind of like every single filmmaker, you know. We we knew what festivals we wanted to apply to a lot of the Oscar qualifiers, but we also we knew, we knew that um, most likely a lot of the LGBTQ theme festivals would be more receptive to us. And we went on Film Freeway, and we had our premiere at Outfest, which is. I, I know An they say it, yeah they, they say it's the world one of the world's premiering LGBTQ festivals but it's just one of the world's premiering festivals yeah it know? was so great <laughs> it, was, it was so great and then um, um from there we we started getting some some traction and did Iris Prize and and then also Urban World big shout out to our family over there at Urban World and mm-hmm. we started we started winning awards and Martha's Vineyard Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival I danced my ass off there it was so much fun um, and it's it, it was kind of just an organic process you know we we we're not social media geniuses we we didn't we don't have some like secret um, you know plan where we knew people that knew people that at, at film festivals and we just we like we wanted the work to speak for itself and um we won a couple of festivals and met people from the festivals and one thing led to another and then hbo contacted us throughout fest we won the special jury award there for 2019 film festival i believe and um uh and, and we just met people from there and it was really an organic process i, I hope that answers your question and we also got we. I mean, we 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 got some pushback. Oh yeah, you know, that's true. I, I I think that there were also quite a few like mainstream festivals who who weren't ready for. Um, I don't. I I mean, it's difficult to to uh, say what they were or weren't ready for. But I just felt it was strange that we got rejected. And then I watched some of the films, and I'm like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it, you know, so I, I think part of it might have been the language and some of it is like some areas they're not, you know, you can take three steps forward and five steps back. In some places they pretend to be inclusive and they pretend to be progressive, but when they're behind closed doors, they're a whole different entity. Mm. I, I know exactly what, what you're you're describing. I covered this year's the past the Sundance Film Festival. And I had I had one of the Press Express passes, which uh, you're 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 sharing a line with basically other other critics, but also producers and stuff. And I'm standing there waiting for a film one day, and I'm in the line, and the guy behind me is talking to somebody who is his wife, girlfriend, maybe I wasn't 100 percent sure, but he goes, "I'm sick of all these homo movies." Oh, <laughs> oh man! And I was I was writing an article on my phone at the time. And I was like, at first I like smiled to myself because I was like, I was like, don't do it, don't do it. And then I turned around and I was like, you know, I like the homo movies; they're great. I said, which homo movies did you not like? <laughs> and the guy just starts like, like, like stumbling, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't mean that. And I just, I, I start like just smiling at him, and I was gonna like turn back around and look back at my phone, but I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make things uncomfortable for this guy. That is well, Ian. You you you. That is the most evolved, uncomfortable <laughs> way to make it. I, I don't know if, if I would have reacted in the most. And I, I I hope that I'm I can react as friendly as you did. But that's a perfect example of speaking up in an adult way without having to be angry. And, and I commend you for that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean. <sighs> You know, it, 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 you, there's a there's a trope you see a lot. I actually, before we started recording, I was just looking at Twitter and Marvel Comics did their pride their pride thing, and they had a couple of their very select few, I might add, uh, gay gay characters. And somebody's somebody did the you know the classic uh, you know why does their sexuality have to matter? And it's like why does why does Bruce Wayne need a need a trophy wife a trophy girlfriend in every movie when he's he's clearly gay for Dick Grayson? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> yeah 
Sir, I mean, I, I, I think we explain, and, and your film does a does a fabulous job of kind of explaining why does this stuff matter? And it matters because to some people, it's very not okay for uh, a, a just a, a very nice uh, teenage boy to, to dress as Wonder Woman. And there should be nothing wrong with that. But as as we know, as you know, as we've talked about for the the past hour, uh, you know, there there there's still so much of society that needs to evolve on issues like this. Yes. Yeah. So um, I get so uh, sort of uh, as we as we look to wrap up, I wanted to ask. So you're still you're still promoting the film. Uh, there's still, especially for for listeners who haven't watched the film yet, it's a great short film that I highly recommend, but what do you, what, what do you, what do you hope that people take away from, uh, this film? And, and maybe also to build off that, what have you both personally taken away from your experience, uh, writing this film, crafting it and, and seeing the way that it's been received? Lots of like a hundred questions. Yeah. In there. Go ahead, go, go ahead. I'll take it. I'll, I'll go after you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but for me is, uh, love is love is love. Everything else is just like the uh, the uniqueness of each person, man. And, and I think it's important for us to celebrate our differences, to to acknowledge the greatness in, in being unique and and um, and not letting that tear us apart because we have many things that are similar. But when someone does something different and and that has the possibility to make them important, beautiful, love themselves, then we should embrace that and encourage it and, and celebrate it. You know, I also want to talk like unconditional love and having the strength to, to challenge your upbringing, you know, regardless, I, I don't care what you think it is or how right you think you are. You owe that person an opportunity to take a breath, and really challenge yourself and find out if that's the truth, you know what I mean, where that fits within you. And stop trying to force people to be you. You know, society wants to wants us all to, like, dress the same and walk the same and eat the same. And, and I've never been one to fit into a box. So I just want to get rid of all of that. Um, I think what I've really found is just how beautiful people are when we allow them to be themselves. Yeah, I guess I've said it a lot of it, but what I would like for people to walk away with from this film is regardless of gender identity or sexuality, what, what part of yourself are you too afraid of to face and let go so you can finally explore who you really are? And that goes with armor around the heart, things the, way you, things the way you think you should be, you should act, no matter who you are, let go. Let go of who you think you have to be for others in order to really explore and, and find out who you really are. And sometimes we don't need to know what that is, but it's so much lighter when we do do that. And um, what I really learned, I became a real ally. Not just, I've always had, you know, family and friends that that were gay but to to understand the struggle of the trans community and the non-binary community uh, it, it just opened my eyes to a whole whole to open my eyes to face my own prejudices and things that i didn't know and and i've and i've and i it's something that's become very near and dear to my heart now not just as a transgender or lgbtq right but just it's a human right it's a human right. I think that was uh, very beautifully put, and it's important to note. And, I, you know, this is a subject that in our Pride coverage we've talked about a lot. Uh, we're, we're in kind of a new chapter of, of LGBTQ uh, storytelling, which is, you know, shying away from the, the massive, monumental, uh, important aspects uh, of our lives. We're moving away from mere transgender what I what I often refer to as origin stories that focus just about transition and, and toward a far more interesting aspect of storytelling, which is sort of slice of life uh, at, slice of life narratives that are that are you know none of us can change 
the the whole world to make the, everything totally more tolerant. You know that that we see films about how awful people in uh, other countries are still being treated just for being gay. But what we can control is our communities around us, and well, not control completely, but we can influence and we can bring about real change in our communities. And I think that that your your film is is an important wake up call to people that. Uh, you know that 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 there are people like us, gender nonconforming trans people all around, and uh, they deserve dignity. They deserve respect, and uh, more so than that, they deserve uh, just a, a basic level of human understanding. So I think this is a very important film that uh, is 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 widely available now, which is great. There's so many people uh, who have the the ability to go out and watch it. I highly recommend it. And uh, I, I thank you both so much for coming on and, and talking about your film. I think it's been a really uh, great conversation. Thank you, and really appreciate the opportunity. All right, thank you for the love and support. Yeah. So I will uh, I will link to the uh, film page. I'll link to your social medias, uh, basically anything else you want. Um, I wanted to thank you both again. This has been uh, it's a good, important conversation. And uh, I, I, I think... Uh, there's there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of love here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Much love. Much love. Much love. Mad love. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to talk again and sometime soon meet in person. Yes, and good luck on good luck on the film series, which I uh, look forward to with great interest. We need filmmakers who put in the effort, which you guys clearly have. So, uh, thank you again, and to everybody listening, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.